Good morning. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your many blessings. I thank you for these folks who have come to listen and learn and be inspired. We pray that you would send your spirit upon this time. Uh, we thank you for the experiences that you gave to the 29 of us who were able to go. We pray that you would uh, transfer those experiences now uh, to, uh, to these folks who are here to listen. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Lynn Stover. Um, the, uh, the first passage I'm going to read is uh, pretty um, fitting for us. Louder? Okay. I'm going to give you the microphone. Okay, thanks. John wrote especially for us so that we could um, believe. So I'll be reading from John 1, 1 to 4. If you can't hear me, just raise your hand and I'll yell a little louder. <laughs> okay. Um, we declare to you that what was from the... Okay. All right. <laughs> We declare to you that what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, this life was revealed. And we have seen it and can testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. That was from 1 John 1 through 4. Now, for the panel that we have, um, we have some questions for for you, just kind of general to start with. What what were your expectations about Israel prior to going, and were they met, surpassed? Uh, how did how did you process it? Since you're my closest, Heather, you want to go? <laughs> well, we. Um, my husband and I have done 
some traveling, and well, most of the traveling done prior to going to Israel had been pilgrimages of different sort. We're both musicians, so our very first trip out of the country was to Austria, so we could go and see, you know, where Beethoven, Schubert, and all those. So that different kind of pilgrimage. So with this, when this travel opportunity arose, because we're opportunistic travelers, whenever an opportunity arises, we try to go. We said, well, you know, it'd be a good idea to take a pilgrimage of actually. <laughs> An actual pilgrimage. So we actually did, we got on board, got excited. But I can't say that I really took a lot of expectations because I didn't really know what to expect going to Israel. And um, I would say overall it was a, I, one of the big questions I got from family members and friends when we told them we were going was, are you sure that's safe? Are you, are you sure you want to do that? One of, one, of my, um, one of our friends in the church said, well, that kind of, that kind of, and she used a weird word, she said, that kind of irks me that you're going. Oh, is that strange? So I felt completely safe the entire time I was there. That was never an issue. And um, I would say what I felt while I was there, it did exceed expectations. Of course, I didn't have a lot going in, but um, it was enlightening, illuminating. And, um, Horizon broadening. So yes, I would say it exceeded the expectations. Who wants to go next? Question. Yeah, if, uh, if you want to um, also just say what what site impacted you the most? Uh, expectations. Wayne's cousin's son lives there, so we kind of understood a lot about the culture. Not the culture, but just what we were thinking of was was real but um, his father Glenn said that there were airplanes when they eat at restaurants that come right over to your head the army and we'll see guns and all that around us I didn't experience that at all um, even the checkpoint he said people would come into our bus well they didn't we sat there and we waited like we did my um, she said what site impacted you the most I would think it was the Sea of Galilee because that sea was there when Jesus was there. It's not like they thought it, that the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee impacted me the most. Pastor Rand, uh, the next question was what would you recommend to others who are interested in visiting the Holy Land? And I guess my recommendation would be to do a more in-depth delve into where you're going and get a better understanding of where you're going so that you're base loaded before you get there and you can build on that knowledge and say yeah I can relate to that uh, and I didn't do as much of that as I should have if I were doing it again I would spend more time studying the sites studying the background the biblical significance so that I could better appreciate what I was looking at and what I was seeing Sort of the whole trip. I mean, yeah. 
from stem to stern, and especially as we got towards the end and the anxiety around COVID got higher, um, I felt like that, especially as how the trip could have unfolded, you know, definitely we were we were led through our trip and it still went as planned. That was amazing. So uh, going back to expectations again, we've traveled enough to know, you know, don't go with a lot of expectations because this can be very different. So I was sort of, my expectation was, it was going to be completely unlike what I envisioned in my imagination of these sites would be. You know, what I've seen growing up, I knew all that was going to be. And that was exactly what I, sort of what I expected there. Um, and uh, site that affected me the most. I don't know, there's too many of, there's too many of them. But uh, um, I think the surprises was the, uh, I know we talked about the church at Gethsemane and that shirt and that, the river's stone was <coughs> in, the, in the garden. That was very impactful. That was definitely a, a one, but I, I have a hard press to pick which one. So. <laughs> We'd have to pick six or 12. <laughs> The, mm -hmm. um, most of you don't know, but we went to the, I have, y'all would be in with this with me because you guys, was the marriage. We all said, and Joe surprised us, with our marriage wedding vows at the church in Canaan. And he just, even his wife didn't know. And to me, that, that it was just very memorable to be, renew our vows there. And I just thought that was nice. Well, we actually got to do some of the biggest. Um, we got to do, do a baptism and we got to do a marriage. Um, and, and for us, reaffirm because we've both already been baptized and married, uh, married but it was nice to see um, the context, you know, where, where this was coming from. Um, as far as God's presence, it was really kind of everywhere. Not really in any one place. I remember when I was getting confirmed ages and ages ago, I remember the, the, the father saying, you know, you may feel it now when the bishop lays hands on you, you'll have an aha moment. Or it may just be a gradual thing over time. And I don't, I don't think there really was an aha moment, but there definitely was everywhere we went and in everyone we spoke to and in everyone we interacted with, God was present. Thank you. The baptism in the River Jordan, um, many of our group were rebaptized there, and how exciting that was for them. I'm going to read now from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beast. The angels waited on him. We have uh, some questions. Uh, who on the panel was baptized? Um, you were, yeah, okay. All right, um, talk, let's talk about that. Um, 
And I've been asked to have everybody stand up when you speak so that it's easier for people to hear you. Oh, here's, there's some pictures here if, if you want to, I don't know if you want to kind of refer to them. I'm not if I can see. Ah. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first thing they have you do is go and put on these nice white flowing robes because obviously modesty is a big issue. I want to make sure you're not you know, out there in your thong bikini, which... <laughs> I don't want to see that either, so that's fine. <laughs> um, and Chris and I actually bought our rubs. You could either rent them or you could buy them. So we decided to go ahead and buy ours. Because we we're only going to do this once. We'll just go ahead and get And we did. And um, mine looked like a tent. But that's because they're one size fits home. Um, which made it a little uh, awkward getting down in the water because you're getting you know, your dress all wrapped around you. But it was very nice. Father Joe did a great job baptizing us all in the River Jordan. And it was funny because I had a, uh, a friend who was recently passed that had taken a similar pilgrimage to Israel and had gotten baptism in the River Jordan. I remember him bringing video footage and showing it to me. I, I remember thinking at the time, what an odd thing to do on vacation. But um, <laughs> he enjoyed it so much when he got the initial dunking, he says, can, can we do that again? So the video shows him getting dunked twice. I don't know that I would do it twice, but it was definitely worth doing. And it was definitely um, spiritual, uh, formation, formational. It was, I'm glad I did it. As I said, don't know that I did it twice, but I'm glad I did it. And then we all went back to the um, dressing rooms and tried very hard to get out of all the wet, wet things. Um, it, was, it was a beautiful day. It's not the exact spot on the River Jordan where the um, dove came down on Jesus. They, they don't, they can't use that spot on the River Jordan because it's too close to Jordan. So it's con it's contested territory. So they've just moved it up and they have this nice lovely center specifically for baptizing. So it was very nice. Uh, who else wants to talk about getting baptized? I was baptized as an adult in my 20s in a church office, not even the church, but in an office. So to be baptized in the River Jordan, to me, was just amazing. It, Father Joe and my friends, and it, you, I words just can't describe how I felt coming out of that water and just seeing faces and knowing that Jesus was baptized there and just reaffirming my baptism. And to me, it was my first baptism in my heart. Father Joe and Amy tell us about their baptism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was wonderful, y'all. So that was really neat. So I mean, it was it was really special to lead everyone, not just the folks that went into, into the water, but we 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 grabbed an olive branch or something like that and, and sprinkled everybody uh, with with the water and went through a baptismal service. It was a reaffirmation of your baptismal vows. But in a, in a very real sense, it was sacramental. I mean, it was, uh, in a sense, symbolic. And I've tried to, you know, as a sort of a theology nerd, try to make sure that I'm not baptizing, I'm, you know, it's a reaffirmation, you know, but to, as if to say the first one didn't count. But it was that way. Turn off. That was just right here. The the plug. It, it was that way, that it, that it did feel very much 
uh, like the presence of the Lord was was upon us in a dovey sort of way. Um, but speaking of dovey and lovey dovey, it was um, it was wonderful to to be able to share that with Amy and I. And she came down and um, she was the last last one, and uh, I dunked her down and anointed her and point did the sign of the cross, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism as marked as Christ over ever. And then we swapped and she did me. And it was really, uh, really something that we will never forget. We bought the video and we, we watched it. How many times have we watched that? It's like every, every None. But it was, um, it was really, it was, uh, it, is, it lives on in our hearts. It does. It does. We did show, we did show the grandparents. We did, we did, yeah. No, we did. And it was, it, I mean, it was worth, it's worth having, even even not to have watched it. It was worth having because it was such a very, very special. The Jordan River, it's not that great. I mean, I don't know if you like it. It's this, it's kind of like any any mountain stream that you've been to in North Carolina is far better. Um, the uh, the St. John's River is much more mighty, uh, even though it's only, you know, 15 feet deep all the way across or whatever it is. It is... Uh, much more impressive than the Jordan, and yet it is such holy water. It is such holy water. So, I mean, you pretty much covered it. Yeah. You want to say? <laughs> How was it when you came out of the water and saw my face? <laughs> <laughs> it was all in my eyes. I don't know. Right. You pretty much covered it. It was yeah. really um, It was very special to be, you know, in all of, in all of these places, you know, in the when you're talking about, you know, the most impactful, you know, being in the the for the wedding at Cana, like being in the place where you know Jesus performed that first miracle, and then us being able to renew our marriage vows, or being, you know, in the with the Sea of Galilee, and being in the actual place where, you know. Jesus calmed the storm and said, peace be still. And it's like, you know, like everybody says, it's the what you read in the scripture now in color and 3D, you know, or being in the church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is where the the stone is, you know, where they put Christ. And it realizing that that place is just, you know, you know, from here to our cross or maybe closer from you know you're in the place where the, the hill of calvary with the with the crosses and then where they brought jesus to lie him i mean it's now in the same church and you have to go up these steps to the top and it's you know a big, a big ornate church built on top of these places but then you get to go into the little um it's a tiny little chapel and you go in just with you know one or two people and you get to put your hands on the stone where Jesus rose you know so it's um, and then walk you know we got to go up into the place where you know where the cross was and there was there's a little um, this is this was supposed to be talking about the marriage but I'm that, jumping actually, in baptism sorry I'm sorry I'm gone it's the first time you've ever gone off script <laughs> I'm going rogue um, <laughs> but the the story though that I just remembered that um, you know, they have these ser services going on because that church is now controlled by seven different groups. So it's, it's crazy, but there's always a different ch church service going on. And we had walked up the little steps and we were having to wait for this um, service to the Greek Orthodox service. 
and they're very like, you have to be quiet, you know, everything. we were having to wait for a while, an hour. Um, our tour guide, Colette, said, you know what, this service may take a little while, like, it's okay, you know, you can kind of see it from here if you want to just see it and then go, but this is like the place that the cross of Christ was, and so I just remember thinking, like, we're not going to skip this, you know, like, and we just, we told her, we said, we're going to stay as long as we need to stay, you know. Um, and I remember looking at Joe and just and knowing, uh, telling Colette, I was like, I don't know if you've talked to him very much, but we're going we're gonna to put our hands at the play, at the foot of the cross. Like this is where, this is where we live. This is where we, um, so that was, um, and I remember Joe, you know, getting on his knees and, and not just having his hand, like it's a, you know, it's like a little, it's a hole um, now, but where the cross was and him just like, you know, not just around it, but like reaching down as far as he could down it. Um, but to, um, to be able to visualize those places. But the Envy. baptism was really special. <laughs> Bringing it back around. Bringing it back around. <laughs> Sorry, I stole the panel. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? Sorry. <laughs> After the baptism, of course, Jesus went up to the you have to hold the there you go, up the mountain um, of temptation. Then he goes into Galilee, where he enlists his first disciples. I'm going to read briefly um, Mark 1, 14 to 18. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Question for the panel um, and Amy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to give you a hard time. <laughs> um, having walked on the shore of Galilee, do you now see yourselves as stronger disciples for Christ? And how has the experience changed your perspective and outlook? <laughs> this was really a tough one because the answer is yes and no the first thing when I saw a disciple I said well, okay what is a disciple and, and my mind went to that's somebody that's willing to lay down their life for Jesus or God and I said I don't know how many people I've ever met that were willing to lay down their life for their belief there are people, even the original 12 disciples, were unwilling to do that. But then I looked up the definition and it said, yeah, it's somebody that's willing to follow Jesus, to follow God. Am I willing to follow Jesus? Am I willing to follow God? Absolutely. Do I falter in that? Do I have false steps at times? I think even Father Joe said, he has false steps at times. It's very difficult road to walk. 
Uh, it's something that we all strive to do, but something that sometimes we fall short of. So you know, the answer to that is yes and no. I can see myself yes at times. I can see myself no at times because yes, I do falter, and yes, I do try. Thank you. Anybody else on the panel want to comment? We can um, move on to Mark, Mark, Mark 4, 35 to 41. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was there in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was dead calm. And he said to them, Why were you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? Many people on the trip talked about our experience on the boat of the Sea of Galilee where we held communion. What was it like to you all, breaking bread with your Coos family on the very place where Jesus performed some of his miracles? Anyone have a comment? Well, being out on the Sea of Galilee, to answer the other question quickly, the one before, about discipleship, it really just brought home anybody could be a disciple. That was available to anyone. Anyone could lay down their nets and follow. Having been there and being on the on the ship and actually going out and um, having communion, it just I'm gonna be honest with you, it felt like a party. I was having a great time. It was a beautiful day. We were getting on a ship with all of our friends. There was food, there was drink, it was a party. And the people running the ship were also very nice and um, helpful. They brought little miniature um, chalices, little wooden ones, so that we each got a little, uh, you know, token to take home, a souvenir that we could take home with us. So it was just a good time. And um, I think most people felt that way. Got some great pictures of, um, you know, first all the men and then all the women and then everybody together. So it just felt like a party. We had a good time. Anybody want to add to that? Remember the chip? Um, yeah. <laughs> for those who have, were there remember this but we were all standing in a horseshoe and Joe was preparing the communion and there was a table and I didn't notice it for a while but there was a jar and it said tips <laughs> and when before Father Joe was even finished they were ready to roll out their merchandise and I remember if I remember right Joe saying I'm not done <laughs> right, wasn't it? Am I wrong? So as soon as we finished our communion, which was wonderful, the table automatically had merchandise with the chip tip jar. And if you've taken most of us have pictures and ours is in our book of the tip jar at our communion yeah. table. That was just 
commercialism in our experience. But it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank I you. Was, I'm not on the panel either, but I thought it was uh, a surprise when they were Capernaum was one of Jesus' most important places where he ministered. This passage from Mark seems to indicate that there were many people in the area who were sick or possessed. Perhaps why Jesus spent so much time there. Mark 1, 29-39. After Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him 